All right, welcome in everybody to the Can We Kick It podcast. Welcome in, kickers. I am Mike, your co-host, along with Chuck here. Hey, hey, you know, I'm just kicking it over here. Yeah, just kicking it, kicking it. What's going on, man? Um, good. Only kicking it with one leg, though. You know, you know. Still... Can't do the can can. Can't do the can can. Yeah. Still, still recovering. Still laid up in bed from my surgery. In a nice, pretty pink cast. Yeah, it's pink and black, so it works out, yeah. Well, it's my Barbenheimer cast. It is, yeah. So, a little bit of death, a little bit of pink. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's... <laughs> you mentioned death. Like, when we get to Barbie, I'm going to talk about that. Cause Excellent. she has an existential crisis <laughs> in the movie. <laughs> um, oh, you're fine. Oh, yeah, we can... I can always cut. Yeah, that's all Thank good. Thank you. Are you yeah. leaving? Yeah. All right, have fun. Bye-bye. <laughs> See you in a few six hours. Oh, that's so well. Chicken. Um, yeah, so Barbie kind of has this existential, existential crisis. I believe it. Um, this is around death, but... Um, so, yeah, so I got the black at the edges for Oppenheimer and the pink for Barbie. And Perfect. Ventured out of the house twice this weekend over Labor Day and... Friday was to go to Oppenheimer, and Sun Monday was to go to Barbie. Nice. So, Friday night movies at the Cinemark, and then holiday afternoon at the Cinemark. Nice. Was it packed? No, and I think maybe because the movie we watched. Um, Friday night wasn't packed, and Oppenheimer was in like a theater with like three rows. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, it wasn't like... <laughs> But at the Cinemark, they all had the recliner. It was perfect because yeah, I... I do love those. Yeah. yeah. So especially with my leg being up and elevated, I was able to just uh, kick back and, you know, it was like being at home, like in bed. So yeah. it was perfect. And then Monday was super crowded, not in Barbie, but at the theater, like, because Friday night we went, like, got there like five minutes before it was, the previews were starting and there was no one in line for popcorn and such. And we went Monday afternoon, there was like... 45 to 100 people in line for the snacks Dang. but there was i mean barbie there was like 20 people in there but i mean the, that and oppenheimer were are like the two oldest movies there yeah so. that's true yeah it's it is labor day and it's a big like family movie yeah day. i don't know what's out to be honest with you other than those but yeah i looked at all the slay i'm like what and they're like oh there's a gran turismo movie oh yeah there's that is equalizer that is three there's yeah, yeah that's a big one but the preview part was good because there's a movie called dumb money coming out about yeah. uh, the GameStop thing and Seth Rogen's in it and Nick Offerman oh, shit. and uh, Pete Davidson like we saw the tra- the trailer was <laughs> before Barbie and Oppenheimer <laughs> wow really and, pushing it yeah nice I haven't heard about it other than what you told me yeah 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 I haven't seen any adverts or anything on it anywhere yeah they're trying to keep it hush hush yeah well, so the corporate hedge fund managers don't shut it down. For sure. <laughs> Power to the people. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so pretty laid back. Had some friends came by. Uh, had a little cast signing party. Nice. Um, I am going to sign it Yeah. before I leave. It's going to say get better soon, Mr. Gamby. Yeah. It's a mid-century sea ranch. <laughs> Principal Gamby. <laughs> yeah, well, that's what a uh, um, friend wrote, Judy Gemstone, was here. And so then, good. I kept saying, why don't you write, like, yearbook things, like, best of luck in college, or, like, have a great senior year. It's been a yeah. wild ride. Yeah. <laughs> Put something stupid on there. Yeah. And, of course, one of my my 
Bob, my uh, British friend, wrote Willy Bum Tit on the back of it. So good. And so, um, thankfully, this one will be cut off uh, next week and then a new cast put on. Before you go back to the office. Yeah. Yeah. That's a whole other story. How was your uh, holiday extended weekend? Dude, it was great. Took Friday off, had Monday off. Oh, look at that. Yeah, nice four-day weekend. But, uh, dude, it was college football. It was the first major weekend of college football. and. That, I did that. So, like, Friday night, I, there was a game. I can't remember. It was, like, Nebraska-Minnesota or something. I can't remember. And then Saturday, we went down to my parents, and it was just all-day football. We got there at, like, 11, and we didn't leave till like, 10 o'clock at night watching the big games. Like oh, wow. LSU-Florida State. Or was that Sunday? That was Sunday. That was Sunday. Yeah, but, watch, you know, A&M played New Mexico, and Alabama played Middle Tennessee, who were cupcake games. But you know, the big games I wanted to watch were really good. Um, and, of course, I, I'm going to do a two-minute, you know, monologue on Colorado TCU. Dude, people are giving Colorado – you watch the game, I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure. Like, people they are – They were texting back and forth. Though, yeah, that's right. Like, people are giving Colorado so much shit. Like, game day – like, of course, it's all, like, narrative, right? It's all to start a conversation. But, like, nobody was giving them any credit to beat TCU. And not. I'm not saying I thought they would beat TCU, but the spread was, like, 22 and a half points. That's outrageous. And everybody was like, oh, there's no way they're going to beat them. And, yeah, they beat them. Which was great. I wish I'd put money on it, but Deion Sanders is doing something like very radical versus what's mm-hmm. normally been done. Dude came in and like cut like f- like fifty six guys from the roster. Yeah, he brought in all like these trans- two thirds of the roster. Yeah, it was insane, and he brought in his own guys, and like I think people are crazy, like are losing their minds because the transfer portal is like so hot right now. It's it's almost like Moneyball, like oh you're playing like the stats game, and it's like yeah he's playing the game different than the rest of you fuckers have ever played it. For like the last hundred years, so like the fact that they give him no credit is ridiculous. And now everybody's on the fucking bandwagon. Yeah. But before we get into the TV shows, yeah. Let's mention I watched Barbie and Oppenheimer this weekend. Barbie and Hama. Both were awesome. Like Oppenheimer, I did um. You did text me immediately after Oppenheimer. You were like losing your shit. You know, after we walked out of there. And was like, like we're just amazed. It was like one of the heaviest. I didn't pick up my phone for three hours, which for me is, is kind of crazy because usually I'm looking at my phone every like few minutes. But I was so engaged. And um, yeah, so I'll just give you my quick review of what I wrote. Um, on a family chat when they asked me for my review I, I needed I kind of decompressed and thought about it again the next day because it was just so I you know I mentioned to you I started clapping at the end and like it was like it was brilliant but I'm glad we're so alike because I do that <laughs> I embarrass Jackie every time I do it I got the whole theater going to Oppenheimer it was funny because both movies like Barbie and Oppenheimer we both both Blanc and I cried <laughs> this weekend. Oh my God. I did almost cry during Oppenheimer. That shit was good. At the very end with uh, yeah. him and Einstein, I'm yeah. like, with, with you know, because after the whole thing and finding out what they said to each other was like brilliant. Yeah. Um, but here's my, I'm going to read through, try not to just read through the whole time, but I said, first off, the casting is brilliant. Robert Downey Jr. is unreal as Strauss. Most of the movie, I forgot he was even the actor. Killian Murphy is a Christopher Nolan favorite did a very good job emulating Oppenheimer's mannerisms. I spent like the next like three days like 
reading about Oppenheimer and looking at pictures of him. It was amazing. And then uh, Matt Damon, who is hit or miss for me, was great as Groves. Fat Damon. Fat Damon. <laughs> Fat Damon. <laughs> but the beauty was how similar they looked to their real-life characters. Yeah. And I went and looked at all of them, and it was like uncanny how so many of them look similar. Um, just the actors in there, Pew, Blunt, Brana, Modine, and Gary Oldman as Truman. Uh, as well casted, well acted. Cinematography was excellent. No one loves wide sweeping scenes and with the landscape in New Mexico. Um, that was so and, good. In the beginning, his movement around Europe was breathtaking. Uh, Love the way no one tells a story. He took what most people would have told in a linear way and used the Strauss confirmation hearing as a cornerstone to tell the story from. Not sure if everyone noticed, but the screen when the screen was in color, it was Oppenheimer's story, and when it was black and white, it was a neutral or third-party perspective. The history of Oppenheimer's story is such a paradox of emotions. To be so brilliant and pursue the unknown questions of the universe, while at the same time developing something that can bring ultimate destruction, is for me an unfathomable burden to bear. It's such an unbelievably unbelievable time in history where fascism was such a huge threat. With what Hitler did, it was hard to judge the ultimate actions that they were taking. It's such a sad thing that such a destructive weapon was used. I'm sure Oppenheimer struggled with the magnitude of what he accomplished. I was completely engrossed the entire time and didn't even look at my phone once for the first for the three hours. So like, I mean, it was just like I, like that whole night. Like, I don't even think Block and I talked to each other. We we're just like, like just like thinking about the magnitude you're in deep yeah you watch up and it was the deepest it was the deepest film that i've ever watched it was just so it was nuts because there's never been a nuclear weapon used since no there's been testing there's never been used on people yeah and like dude yeah didn't know i guess i didn't know gary oldman coming in was truman and I didn't know like, until get, afterwards. Get that crybaby scientist out of here. <laughs> I was like, dude, what? Like that, And that actually like supposedly happened. Well, yeah, no, they did. He said a different, yeah, he said a different word, but it was almost similar. Yeah. yeah. But Blanca's cousin had said, because um, he had mentioned that um, they didn't mention McCarthy or Hoover yeah. very much. But because adding them to the mix would have been a four hour movie, but it was actually Truman who signed the executive order in 1947 requiring all federal civil service employees to be screened for loyalty, which gave McCarthy his opening. Um, so I thought that was like, I mean, that was an un, I mean, that, you know, you just think of McCarthy with the Red Scare and all that, and then you realize like Truman kickstarted it, right? Yeah. And you see like, you know, even that, like, he's like, I want no sissy boy. We're going to bomb everybody, right? Yeah. Right. Who so, do you think them people over there think about when they think about Hiroshima and Nagasaki? Yeah. Not you. I was like, Jesus, dude. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, but it's it's almost like, I mean, but he, I mean, they built the bomb, right? Yeah. So, like, you know, you think of scientists that make, that do the research and come up with the technology and the theoretical physics and quantum mechanics and then someone else builds it but like i mean he was like head of the manhattan project yeah. and head of the or you know i mean it's just and then robert downey jr like dude it's straws and that's so dude, it was so like dude i think when uh when they said like a young senator from massachusetts voted yeah. against you was like 
uh, Kennedy, Kennedy, and I'm like, oh, sh-. like, yeah, just the way they tie. I mean, that that period in history gets so overlooked. Yeah, it's like because of McCarthyism and then going you, into JFK. You almost skip from World War end of World yeah. War Two to the '60s. Oh yeah, and you Vietnam. skip over like Korea. Like yeah. they get, Korea gets so brushed under the rug. It, that whole '50s '60s yeah. era. Yeah, it just becomes generalized. Like '50s is like mid-century modern furniture tv housewives vacuuming and then 60s like peace and love hippie culture and then yeah. 70s that continues and then vietnam and then disco and then you know like it almost all gets kind of just rolled up yeah like but it's so and that's why the story i mean but even i mean it starts are obviously like during you know the world war stuff and yeah. the develop the yeah. bomb but yeah, I love how, like, Oppenheimer, when they, like, finally finish the bomb, and they're, like, packing up Los Alamos for yeah. the bomb, he's like, yeah, we can really help out with, like, the calculations for, like, the optimal, like, altitude to, like, detonate the bomb, and they're like, yeah, we got it. I yeah. was like, oh, yeah, you're done, dude. You're so well, cut And out. what was the bomb's names again? Like, Little Big Boy uh, and... Uh, 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 Fat Man and Little Boy. Fat Man and Little Boy. Yeah. And it was funny, it was cool to see, like, the big box and the little box, you know, like, oh, yeah, when dude, they're leaving yeah. the facility. And, like, dude. I was like... Oh yeah, one was like big boy, little like I. It just history is so fascinating, but history is so incestuous. Let me yeah. give you a fun fact. Yeah, the pilot who flew Enola Gay over. Yeah, I can't remember which city, and bombed it, was also Eisenhower's pilot from New York or Boston. I can't remember which to London frequently during World War Two. Oh wow! And then the guy winds up flying Enola Gay. That's how incestuous history is. It's yeah. insane, dude. Oh. Uh, uh, I, I, it just crossed my mind. I love like the thought of like something is created out of quote unquote the greater good nuclear weapon, atomic right. bomb, right? And then how it was used to like bomb. But then look at like McCarthyism and how Truman signed it for loyalty. Yeah. And then it literally just ruined like all these people's lives. Like yeah. once you do something and you lose control of it, it just goes crazy. People so forget about McCarthyism. Yeah. And how well, so like Howard Hughes was even wrapped up in McCarthyism. Well, we have, I mean, look at what we're going through today, right? Everything is so right or left. If yeah. you're either a right-wing MAGA nut or something or a left-wing liberal, right? So it's... They're all Richmond from north of Richmond. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're, the big people are dividing you into that yeah. because that's keeping you fighting, keeps them rich and yeah. everything, right? The they're all Richmond, in the same north club. Yeah. Yeah. But they have us fighting each other while they're all in the same club. Yeah. And... But people don't realize that, and you get it's kind of like this thing. It's like the whole thing they're focused on, like this guy developed this to do this for his country, and always this, and then you're basically like because he went to a communist party or he d- donated money to the Spanish to yeah. the People's Revolution. He had links, yeah. And but that's the thing. If you look at everybody, I mean, if you're a pure thinker or you're let's say your logic or thinking there's some policies on the left i like some policies sure. on the right and i don't put myself in that and op and i'm not saying i'm oppenheimer yeah but i mean i am you are becoming deaf no. <laughs> <laughs> yes we all become deaf um but that's how people should be open-minded but barbie was amazing as well yeah. like haven't seen it, it yet. it's sued to just dichotomy 
exact opposite movies. But Barbie is funny and smart. It's fucking hilarious. Like, I, I think Blanca and I laughed more than anybody else in the theater. I mean, there was, it was funny because there was a lot of, you know, there's like moms and daughters sure. and stuff in there, like, like little kids. And I'm like, we're watching the movie, we're going like, should little kids be in here? So like, yeah, it's a little, it's a little highbrow. Yeah, it's yeah. like I mean, there's a lot. I mean, a lot of kids stuff has these innuendos, sure. that, so parents can understand. Yeah, your parents so it's can a, get it's a, a laugh. Yeah, so parents can have a but, laugh. Yeah, this was more of a, like an adult movie, and of course, there's a lot of people with pink and all that. Of course, had my pink cast on, so yeah, it worked out. Uh, worked out well, but it. I mean, a lot of it was a pretty divisive movie in a lot of aspects because like. You know, the right was picking up on it's like kind of like this feminist tale, and the you know, um, but the whole the the funniest part of the whole movie is basically like I mean the whole thing's funny, but they're in Barbie Land, and then this is a real world, yeah. And so basically, someone's playing with Barbie in real life that's sad, and it's making classic Barbie and Barbie Land like have thoughts of death and she's going through this existential crisis it's Jesus. like the story is fucking wild that's nuts so she has to travel to the real world and it's like has to take a barbie car and then a barbie boat then a barbie rocket ship and all like the things that she has so she gets to the real world and ken is there and like so they're going around and like they're in like century city in like los angeles or somewhere in california like in los angeles and so they're walking around, and, like, he just sees there's just guys everywhere. Because in Barbie Land, like, you know, he's, like, pines for Barbie the whole time. And, like, every night's girl's night. And yeah. then he goes home and, you know. So he's walking around the world. And it's all guys. It's, like, men talking to each other. Men working out with each other, like, at a gym. Like, yeah, bro. Like, men giving out a Hummer. And he's, like, like he's so confused. <laughs> And then he comes back, then, like, he's, like, go like gets book, like, they go to the school for some reason, and he goes in the library and gets books about horses <laughs> and trucks and all this stuff. Oh, my God. Oh. And he's, like, asking men, like, hey, can I have a job as, like, CEO? You know, like, I'm a man, right? Yeah. And so but he learns, like, about how men rule the world in the real world. And he goes back to Barbie land and fucking, like... <laughs> like like Barbie's still stuck there but he gets back and when Barbie goes back it's now Ken world awesome and it's, it's just hilarious. like dudes like he's got horse like all the TVs have horses just galloping <laughs> he's got a Hummer and he's like got this big mink coat with it like chains on and he's got like he's like hey babe you know oh like dude God. it this shit is hilarious and it's just and it's like this whole war of it kind of like the message to me was like it should be a like a balance right yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah it's yeah. always it's tilted when in barbie sure. world it's all women in the real world it's been more a male dominated thing but it was like <laughs> will ferrell is like the the head of mattel oh of course dude <laughs> it's so <laughs> hilarious and i mean it's like especially like when it comes out like on at home oh yeah when it hits max i'll watch it yeah yeah i'll watch it it's the funniest shit you'll ever see it's so it's so just like i mean it's meta it's trying to be meta it is meta but it's hilarious it's not like it's not like overly preachy on 
on like any of the points. Yeah. I mean, a lot of politicians on both sides were trying to make it preachy sure. on the points. And I'm sure that's part of, you know, development of the movie. But like, yeah. I just watched it for fun because I, I was so in depth from Oppenheimer. Yeah. I was like, you gotta have a reprieve. I yeah. just want to laugh. And yeah. it was funny. Like, nice. I just laughed my ass off the entire time. And there's just, this is the part where Ken comes back and it's like, <laughs> like makes it its own world. <laughs> and it just, I, mean, I love that Michael Sarah was Alan. Dude, that was another part. That's great. It's like, I'm Alan. And like, cause they're like, there's only, they only made one of Alan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he's just, yeah. he's with the girls the whole time. That's fucking great. <laughs> when the men, when the men all become in charge, he's always just with the girls. Yeah. <laughs> he's still, he's. Oh, but shit. it's funny because they do like, he fights on behalf of the girls. He's just kicking all like the Ken's asses. Yeah. Like, is uh, Michael Sarah is brilliant. Like, I love the roles that he's taking on. He's not leading anything. He's just doing side side he's shots. He's Michael Sarah. And it's it's so brilliant. Good. Like he's picking the right things that fit his personality, yeah. and that's that's, that's what you have to do when you're like, no knock to him. He's not necessarily like a leading. Yeah, you're not man. a leading man. Yeah, but just do these like side gigs that are quirky. Yeah. it works in your favor. Like, yeah, yeah. So yeah, so Barbie Barbie was great. And so two blockbuster movies yeah. that were awesome. Did you watch either of them in IMAX? No, so since both are at the end of their theater runs. Yeah, that's true. Oppenheimer was in regular movie theater. Barbie was in XD at Cinemark. Mm, yeah. But it still wasn't the IMAX. Yeah. I would like, hopefully one day they have a re-release. They will. At the IMAX 70 millimeter. Yeah. Which there's one in San Antonio and Dallas. I would make the trek to go. I thought about just it. going to San Antonio to watch it in 70 millimeter, like actual film. Well, you're always on the precipice of finding out these things. So if it ever gets released, oh, yeah. one of those, yeah, I'll make a road trip and go see it for sure. I saw it in IMAX. It was, uh, it wasn't obvious. It was digital IMAX. Yeah. It was fucking amazing. Like the sound. Yeah. The screen literally just you were in the movie. Yeah. Obviously, because the screen is huge. But I, I, like, bought tickets, like, three, four weeks in advance. Yeah, I remember when you did And it. I, like, chose the perfect seats. Yeah. And we got there, and it was packed. And yeah. it, was, it was so loud. And then, like, when they, they did the Trinity test, the whole place was, like, fucking dead silent. Yeah. And I, that's why I asked no. you, when it went silent, did anybody start chanting USA? No. They, I'm surprised <laughs> they didn't. But when they did the Trinity test, I mean, there was, like, maybe ten people in yeah. the theater. But, like, I mean, just the silence of that. And, I mean, when that happened to that, I mean, I think we were looking at each other, like, like just the magnitude that was great so good um but yeah so it, it really i mean i had we've talked about this before but in the past eight years nine years before this weekend i've been to two movies yeah that's right two movies at the theater baywatch yeah with blanca that was our first first and only time going to movies until this weekend class and then i saw nope by myself at the oh, same yeah, that's right said the same cinemark my last three movies have been at the cinemark and nasa <laughs> uh like nasa road one i have a bad curse yeah. where every movie i every theater i go to they like wind up closing like 30 days later <laughs> like there was one on highway six over yeah. by our house closed and then i we just went to the one down in richmond the imax in richmond off of 99 closed oh shit yeah so i, I, I can't go to the movies anymore why well, I, I mean i don't hopefully they can stay open because I, I mean, I remembered why I used to go to the movies a yeah. lot. Because watching that big screen is, that's what it's they're different. 
that's what they're shot yeah to be shown that's on, what right? they were made for yeah. i'm a movie guy yeah like i've always even like back in like the you know i've always loved reading about theaters in like the 30s yeah. and stuff with the golden age of like yeah. movies it was an experience you went to the theater it was palatial it was unbelievable yeah. and like that's slowly going away and like dude that's that's my shit because i used to go to the movies like when i worked remotely at previous jobs yeah i used to go to the movies at like fucking 11 10 11 o'clock yeah. in the morning only person there i, I know a lot of friends that were in sales that would do that yeah. they would spend like two or three days a week yeah. go seeing a movie during the middle so of the day worth it yeah. yeah and now it's like slowly getting away from everything's like digital going to streaming no yeah. dude i want a 30 40 foot screen yeah and i mean i never was uh, i mean i would go to the movies a lot obviously growing up in high school and college sure. and you know date night stuff but i never really was that big of a movie guy especially when tv started to become like so many options and shows yeah and even like even just watching the shows back like in high school in the 2000s mm -hmm. i was more of a tv person but go into the movie i mean i'm I actually probably this is gonna sound weird but i'm more of like a theater and musical theater person i like yeah. the spectacle going out and seeing those and the intermission and like I, after barbie was over it was like they make that in a musical and comes to Houston, we're going. Well, or we're going to New York. Yeah. It'll it's, happen. It's basically set up. There's a lot of musical numbers in yeah. there, too. And we talked about before, like, there's a whole, like, five-minute segment where <laughs> where all the Kens are playing guitar, singing uh, Matchbox 20s, like, yeah. I want to push you around. <laughs> but that's, like, after, that's when it becomes Ken World. And so it's all manly and, yeah. like, it's <laughs> just. It's so stupid. It's so hilarious. I'm I'm relatively new to the theater, like like plays yeah. and stuff like that. Like Jackie and I love going Alley Theater. Yeah. We're big Alley Theater yeah. guys. Uh, we're big fans of a couple of the actors there. And we just recently went and saw one play. It was a murder mystery. Uh, who killed Roger Ackroyd? And it was it's hmm. an Agatha Christie thing. Dude, okay. Was, and <laughs> I buy like front row dead center seats. Yeah. So like we're like in the action. We fucking love it, dude. And we just saw that one recently, and then saw the like lead actor like out of the parking lot. And we like uh, fan, we're fan girl. We're he's, <laughs> he's getting in his little like uh, jalopy car. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, no, we gotta. Yeah, we should go sometime. Totally, dude. Yeah, we love going to the alley theater. Yeah. So, um, yeah. If if I have no doubt, Barbie will come around to be you know a theatrical play. So I'm sure we'll wind up watching that. But yeah, well, we need to go when it comes out. Yeah. A lot, wow. of, a lot of good movies, you know, haven't been a lot of good movies in theaters over the last couple of years. You know, we, you've had, you get one or yeah. two, but um, I don't go as much as I used to. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. And I mean, we spent a lot of this today talking about movies and I think yeah. part of in sports, because I think right now TV's kind of, I'm a little worried for TV because of the strikes going on and how it's, it's going to play everything. And really, I mean, there's still a lot of shows and it's shows that have come out a lot of yep. delayed but you know right now um we're watching a variety of things but you know i'm watching invasion on apple mm -hmm. um ahsoka on yep. disney and winning time and mike's watching yeah, i'm watching uh, below deck down under um down just under. finished watching special ops lioness season one the finale just dropped on sunday which is really good taylor sheridan um and then uh, what was the other thing i'm watching um well, you're watching Ahsoka and Winning Time. And Only then, Murders uh, in the Building. Oh, okay, yeah. Which I is don't... on Hulu. Is so that week good. to week? It's week to week, okay. yeah. It's every Tuesday, I think. So good, dude. Meryl Streep's in it, and of course, I'm... 
Jackie just watched. So Martin Short and Steve Martin obviously are like comedic duos from Three Amigos. Jackie had never seen like Father of the Bride, and so she, she, I just made her watch it the other night, dude. Mm-hmm. And Martin Short is just off the leash. It's so funny. He went through a period where he was in so many things and was really good in everything. Yeah. And like, we're gonna do a special podcast about Arrested Development, but there's there's like a couple episode run where he yes, plays <laughs> Uncle, uh... but he's got like muscle. It's like he gets carried around by a bodyguard. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Missed leg day. Yeah, it's he's so good. He's so funny. But yeah, I, I, that's one thing I got to throw into the yeah thing. So. Just, yeah, just for me, I mean, Invasion's good. Yeah. And I haven't watched this week's, but the first two are good. It's just nothing really to talk about there. Ahsoka, Mike's an episode behind me. Yep. I did watch. I didn't watch Wednesday. Tuesdays. Yeah. Yeah, I did watch this Tuesdays. It's kind of, for me, it's kind of slow so far. I, I like agree. it. Yeah. And I just. I don't know a lot of history of this part of Star Wars. I didn't watch Rebels or Clone Wars. The only Ahsoka I knew before was in when she showed up in Mandalorian uh, in the Mandalorian. So, um, but I've been watching Rebels, seeing Ezra, Sabine Wren, uh, Thrawn. Yeah. So just getting some of that background, but it really, and I think. Because I just binged four episodes of Winning Time like the night before. Yeah, it's up there. And they were so wild. And then today I watched Ahsoka and it was like, eh. Yeah. So it's it a just, different thread. Yeah. Yeah. So I think, I think I'll look back at the season of Ahsoka and be like, oh, this is really good. And then I but, think it'll finish strong. Obviously, Thrawn will reappear at some point whenever they make it to the other galaxy. Um, I am an episode behind, but I agree it. It is slow, but I think I think. Disney slash Star Wars has a problem with shows like Ahsoka where there's already history there, right? Yeah. So they have to kind of retell a little bit of the story. Like Boba Fett. Yeah. Boba Fett had history, so they wanted to go in a certain direction. Whereas, like, Andor had, like, hardly no background. Yeah. And they made that shit bonkers. Now, it took the last three episodes to make it bonkers, but... Now, let's say in Ahsoka, if they go... I think Rebels or whatever ends with Thrawn and Ezra getting hyperspaced into another by the Kegels. <laughs> <laughs> I know that's not true. They they are like somehow hyper jumped into another galaxy. Yeah, by this or, by the Star uh, Space Whales. Yeah, yeah. So if in Ahsoka they find them, they come back. Right? Does that? And it's maybe a question for Star Wars people because I'm not generally one of them. I've seen everything, but like the animated stuff. But does and I but I haven't read anything. It's all been movies and TV. Does Thrawn like if they do they come back at all? Like Thrawn and Ezra already? Like do we know this? And then Thrawn goes on and does something and dies and. Or is this now we're in uncharted territories where they can go in any directions they want? Like they can bring it back, and or they can fight another galaxy. It's gonna be that. It's it's gonna be uncharted territory because see that that's okay for me. That'll yeah. make that. I think I just need to watch Rebels and Clone Wars to get caught up on it. Yeah, but, I mean it's gonna be uncharted territory. They're gonna tie it into however they're gonna tie it into the new Star Wars movies that that's coming. That's 
not the Jedi universe as we yeah. know it. Um, it'll be whatever other galaxy it is. I don't know how it's going to transition to that, but I have a feeling like they're going to wind up going back to whatever galaxy it was that they were in. Yeah. Um, but it doesn't tie into the Force Awakens and the Last Skywalker, whatever it was. I can't remember the name of those movies. Uh, it doesn't tie into that, at least as far as we know, because Palpatine comes back in the last one, and they have to fight him, and there's all this cloning and stuff, which is yeah. which ties in more to Mandalorian and Moff Gideon um, than it does to Ahsoka. And I think that's where this is diverging, because now we're talking about different galaxies, and now we're talking about a whole different ball of wax. And yeah. the space witches, whatever that chick is, and like the ancient civilization that traveled to this galaxy at one point and whatever, whatever. Yeah. I, that's where it's starting to lose me because I don't... They're changing Star Wars lore as yeah. we know it because they have a direction that they want to take future franchises into. Yeah. I don't I don't, I don't know it, but that's how I see it as being. Well, and that's what uh, I asked my friend Bob why uh, Morgan Elspeth has a penis tattoo on her head. Dude, for real. Yeah. And he said that that is part of her... Like how Ahsoka has the markings and yeah, that that's part of her whatever witches of Eastwick they are whatever her like that's it's Which like birthmark or skin or skins uh, great. skin markings right yeah so yeah I was like okay so that's a part of their yeah thing but yeah um yeah so I mean I'm glad like they can take it in the direction they want I mean I think Dave Filoni and John Favreau and all the people doing. I think when they get out of John Favreau's way, man, he just knows how to make it. Yeah. He but and Dave Filoni. I'm not. I'm not knocking Dave Filoni. Yeah, and there's another guy. I think I've seen like as a direct. Like at tops of his first credit, I'm blanking. But yeah. Um, I think it'll be good. I mean, this was a highly anticipated one, because um, I think it, like I said, takes it in a new direction. So. Yep. Um, or a different direction, and I think I don't know though. It seems like more Jedi keep popping up and going back to Rebels. Order what 66. I watched, it's like, hey, I thought only a few survived and now like you can train everybody into being a Jedi, but... Yeah, that's where that's where they lose me. Yeah. It's where George Lucas fucked up with the mitochondrians and yeah. whatever that shit was. And now everybody can have the Force and even in the... Yeah, the Force is in all of us. <laughs> Dude, yeah, even in the new movies where the Force awakens or whatever, it's like, oh, everybody can have the Force and it's like some yeah. kid moves a broom. Get the fuck out. Anyways, yeah. you're gonna get me on a soapbox about that, man. Yeah, we'll we'll digress. So we've talked a lot about everything so far. Before we talk about winning time, anything else you want to say on the other shows that you're watching? No, uh, Only Murders in the Building is so good. Meryl Streep's in it, and she's like opposite of Steve uh, Martin Short. And I don't get me wrong, I like Steve Martin, but when he tries to be funny, he's not funny. When he's just when he's just trying to act, yeah. he can be funny. Yeah. But when he's trying to be funny, he's not funny. And there, there are moments <laughs> in the show when, he, when it happens. There is some bad... Which, Martin Short or Steve Martin? Steve Martin. Yeah. Martin Short can be over the top, but yeah. that's, that's Martin Short. Yeah. But Steve Martin, like, wants to be a serious actor, but then, like, forgets how to be funny. Yeah. So he, like, tries, and it's yeah. like, yeah, it's not funny. But that's his thing. He's kind of, like, slapstick, but not really. Like, he's yeah. a different kind of funny. But anyways, Meryl Streep's in it. It's great. You gotta find out who kills Paul Rudd, because Paul... That's nothing new. It's in the trailer. Paul yeah. Rudd's character dies. Okay. And you're trying to figure out who killed him. And it, it's hilarious. In the first season, they figure out who killed the person in the building? Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. So, like, every season is, like, somebody dies in this building that they live in in New York. And so season three is, like, only murders in the building moving out to another building. 
Yeah, kind of. <laughs> well, like, they had this play, right? They're doing this play, and Paul Rudd is the lead in it. Yeah. And he, like, di- you think he dies. He does die, but doesn't. Like, on opening night at the theater. And then they, like, have, like, his wake or whatever at somebody's apartment back at the at the building. And he, like, shows up. And then the next thing you know, he's, like, dead in the elevator. It's just like, what the fuck? Like, yeah. It's cool, though. It's a, it's a real building in New York. And yeah. the show is called The Arconia. I, don't, I can't remember the name of it in, in New York. But I looked at it. It's like 10 grand a month to live there. It's insane. Yeah. Well, considering most places in New York are about 6 grand a month. It's, like, yeah, it's not so, that it's not crazy. That, that, yeah. that crazy. It's not that crazy. I mean, we think it's crazy, but yeah. like. Well, it's funny because like half of that is like taxes. Like well, they no. gave you the breakdown. <laughs> no, but like I have a family member that they live in Jersey City, $6,500 a month. That's insane. But they're right on the, the river. Yeah, that's. And like yeah. high rise yeah. uh, apartment with like a roof pool and shit like that. That's pretty dope. But yeah, it's really nice. But yeah, it's like, you know, you think about it here. I mean, I remember like. Oh, $6,500 a month. $1,500 a month. Oh, yeah. shit. I can't afford that apartment. $6,500 a month in Houston. You can have a fucking mansion. <laughs> yeah. Like, have a, that's nuts. You have a $10 million home in River Oaks. Yeah. You could have a whole floor, one of the buildings downtown for $10,000, $6,500 a month. You own all the homeless? Oh, sorry. That's right. I'll cut that. One eighteen. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Um, suck it. Yeah. <laughs> so that's the sound? It says yeah. suck it? Yeah. <laughs> Artie's coming over later if you want to join us for Suck It. Yo, Artie from R&D, Dunder Midland. <laughs> I love that Michael's like, what? He's like, that's what we're calling it. He's like, I don't want to be a part of that. It's so funny because you're like, here we go. Mike, Michael's like. That's right. <laughs> he's like so against it. Like the CEO who's like, he's like, if Michael's like this shit person at a paper company making less than the warehouse manager. <laughs> he's like. Oh, I can't do this with David Wallace. He's really sunk low. He's in his mansion drinking beers in a hot tub coming in with... That's not David Wallace. That is some yeah. <laughs> person living in his house pretending to be David Wallace. We'll wrap us up with that. Winning time. I'm so glad you got caught up. And I knew, because you texted me, you were like, dude, this is wild. It's so good. Yeah, give me give me the... Um, we haven't really talked about it. No, so the season picks up right at they won the first championship... There's, there's a flash forward where they're, like, battling Boston again. But it all ultimately comes down to they playing the second year, or the first year after the championship, mm-hmm. and they lose to Houston in the first round, yeah. which is crazy. Yeah. Um, and there's – good. A little interesting fun fact. It was so – it was, like, best of three first-round series. Back yeah. Then, and the Rockets were under 500 in the playoffs. Yeah. Like – Yeah. It's just – It's insane. I mean, I guess the East, typically in the NBA, had – has had in recent years like under 500 teams make the playoffs yeah. but i mean there's a lot more teams now than there were in 1980 true back then but, yeah so good so but yeah no i i love it because it's all about like the egos and like the coaches like think that they're the sole reason jason yeah. jason siegel and and adrian brody Riles. are the are the sole reason like for them winning the championship and the players think the exact same thing and yeah, like Magic Johnson, like is a partner, quote unquote, of the organization. It like Buzz sees like the future changing, right? So he's like, I want to lock Magic Johnson in for twenty five yeah. years at a million dollars a year, which in five years will be chunk change. Yeah. So he sees like the way that basketball is changing more than yeah. anybody else. Um, but they're like struggling, right? They like, like Magic Johnson, like oh he yeah, gets hurt. yeah, gets hurt. That's right, his knee. And so in order to make up for him getting hurt, they come up with, quote-unquote, the system, 
which is the yeah. unsexiest name ever. <laughs> um, and it's all about them like running to their like highest like probability spot of win- of making a shot, right? Yeah. And it's very systematic, and there's no improvisation. There's no freestyling. There's none yeah. of that. It's the spot. It's a good, a quick shot. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's high it's high possession, high off you know high scoring potentially, and it's great for like um, uh, Kareem right, who's very systematic and you know obviously fits his personality to a T for the most part, yeah. and then like Magic comes back and doesn't fit in at all, and he's having major classes with uh, Paul Westhead, Jason Siegel. Um, meanwhile, like. <laughs> Bus has met like his former fling honey yeah. and he's like a changed man and now she's like engrossing into his life and his kids like at least Jeannie doesn't like yeah. her and like she takes over like game night and plays the top hat which is Jean blah 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 yeah. it's like all like stepmotherish um oh yeah like the his son is dating like the tennis player and she like trades her like yeah. Jeannie is like the owner of the tennis. Yeah, yeah. And what was really cool with the whole this the season is they start like he starts giving his kids more responsibility. Yeah, and letting them like oh, Jeannie, you can buy a tennis franchise. Yeah, and they play in the forum. And... It's all to increase their credit line, right? Like yeah. the more franchises we have, the more credit line we have. It's such a crazy concept. Yeah, and it, I think it kind of started. It seemingly started like the whole now. You know, you have like. Fenway Sports, so yeah, like Liverpool, and yeah, Fen- and then like the Glazers owning Tampa, and even Fenway and, has NASCAR yeah. racing team. Yeah, 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 Fenway, yeah, Roush yeah. Fenway, yeah. So yeah, that's, but it was, he was almost he seemed because you mentioned it, he seemed to recognize that it was a players' league. It was starting to become a players' league almost because of him and the way he yeah. handled Magic Johnson. Yeah, and. Um, just and Jason Siegel is fantastic Ooh. in his run, crushing it. Comes to an end in the fifth, up, fifth episode, um, and like the Pat Riley as we know it starts to come into focus. Yeah, and it's so the the cinematography is awesome. Yeah. The way it's shot is great. The story is great. And, like, I could give two shits about the Lakers. Same here. But I'm so engrossed in what's going on. Because it's a good story that's well told. Yeah. And whether or not how true it is, yeah, it does. It's it, just they a great take a story. It's a lot of liberties. Yeah. Right? And I was reading today that Larry Bird's dad killed himself while he was in high school. And oh, then the show. Is he, he's in college. The show, they show him do it like. When he comes home, yeah, he, like he he's he quit he quits Indiana. Yeah, the Hoosiers, then, yeah, and then comes home and starts working at a restaurant. Okay, and, and then he ends up going to Indiana State. Um, but yeah, and it's the way they shoot the show and the dynamic between Bird and Magic, Kareem and Magic, Bus and Magic, everybody and Magic, yeah. He had that over the top personality. I mean, he was just, he was meant to be a superstar. Yeah, and like even if you don't like sports shows, it's a great show to to watch because it's really it's really about. I mean, you can 
you can Google. Yeah, the history. Yeah, yeah. But just the story, and the whole thing. Like, I had to check to see if like him and Cook ever got married, and they are married with two kids. You know, three kids. Oh yeah, the first one. Yeah, and I'm like. The whole first season and a half, they're just talking on the phone while she's in Michigan. With another dude. Yeah. Yeah. And she said the only way would she, you know, theoretically be with him if he was in Michigan. She's not a Hollywood. She's a Lansing gal. Yeah. And it's funny because you don't think, I mean, and he's just still doing everybody. Oh, yeah. You don't. Yeah, he went over to Buzz's house for like dinner and it was, he was like, all right. It's Whore's Hour. Bring him in. <laughs> I love the whatever actor plays Red Arbok is fantastic. Oh, the uh, coach of the Celtics, the, dude, Michael Chiklis. Oh, that is Chiklis. That's Chiklis, Sorry. man. Yeah, Chiklis. So good. Chiklis from the Shield. Yeah. Uh, Chiklis. Um, he, he like he's on the like competition committee or something. And they do the salary. Yeah. Like, Don't worry, I won't say anything. And then he like walks to the reporters. Reporters. Yeah. Bring it <laughs> yeah. on over. Yeah. 25 million, 25 years. So crazy. Like... Yeah. And it leaks, and then they get ambushed. And, yeah, it's, it, it obviously, like, turns the team against Magic. Yeah. But I love the dynamic how, like, Magic is this is Magic, right? He's the wonder kid. Yeah. Everybody loves him. And then he gets Paul Westhead fired, and everybody's like, fuck Magic. Yeah. yeah. It's, so, it's so crazy how that is in sports. When somebody needs well, a, a villain, they find it. But, I mean, think back then, too, the coaches, the owners – and the team was bigger than the individual. Yeah. Now, we don't think twice if LeBron James goes in and says, I want this guy fired, and I want to bring on yeah. like, my friend Tyrone Lue to coach the team. Or yeah. Whatever, right? Yeah. We don't think twice about it. No. But, but, you know, the way the show depicts it is, like, everybody's upset when he got Paul Owesif fired. Even, like, Kareem was upset. Yeah. And I think the players, all, I, mean, I think it's natural for the players, especially if they don't sign on for that. Like, nowadays, you see a lot of, like, you hey, know LeBron's what to going expect. To LA, yeah, and he's going to run the show. And if you commit to go there, you know, like, okay, I'm the guy that's going to spot up in the corner yeah. to shoot threes when he drives and yeah. doesn't have a shot. Or yeah. now the teams are almost you know your position. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's a little different, but trying to see in the way the crowd reacted, yeah, and the media was reacting, and even Jerry Buss like being upset, like that the media's pissed off at him for oh yeah he's reading all the newspapers and yeah and um but and then the main thing from the last episode and this is like they didn't take any liberties with it so good but when they fire paul westhead um and they're trying to figure out who the coach is going to be which before that let me give if it happened that way total kuda i mean just to say jason siegel for like how to handle a firing yeah he's like are you serious and then he's like all right, yeah. all right. I appreciate yeah. the shot. Yeah. He like ate it and then walked yeah. the fuck out. Yeah. That is huge. Well, you know, and go out with some dignity. And you know, I was thinking um, about this. We were talking about Blanc and I were talking about layoffs um, the other day, and like you know, we know some people. You know, co- companies go through layoffs and firings and whatever you want to call it. You're sure. letting somebody go, right? Yeah. So, yeah, movies where people storm out and yeah, make could you big see, scenes. Could you see and, Jerry West being humble about it? At least yeah. this version of him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but, like, 
you're always taught like not to burn a bridge and right. you know i mean for everybody i know that's gotten laid off or let go it's generally like what can you do right so you start thinking about your next opportunity yeah but i mean it was it, it was he's the professor and the way you know it, what i thought was even funnier before that his daughter's like you're gonna get fired dude yeah like, when he's at the sizzler <laughs> yeah. or whatever the fuck it was yeah she's like dad you're gonna get fired and he's like what? No, what? Hey. <laughs> yeah. He's the only one that couldn't see it coming. It's so amazing. Yeah, well, yeah. And, and Pat Riley saw it coming. Yeah. As the show portrays it. It's like, but that's kind of the thing, you know, when people get so, and I'm going to compare this to, I'm going to try to connect this to U.S. men's national team soccer. Go for it. But it, Greg Berhalter, like, lives and dies by a system, and, and any other any other normal soccer country he wouldn't have been brought back but like they basically didn't renew his contract and then he kicked his wife in college and then like they did this whole worldwide search for a coach and after eight months he's back as a coach and you know what he's gonna do he's gonna stick with the same fucking thing yeah because some people are just ride or die with yeah that's all they know Jason Siegel yeah it's like, this is the system, this is my system. I'm going to go out the way I fucking yeah. want to, if it works or not. Yeah. And guess what happens? You fucking dive off the deep end because you can't learn to adjust, and eventually oh. your thing's going to fail if you don't evolve and learn and adjust. That's so great. Is Deion Sanders going to evolve? He's changing the game, but is he? if he wins something, is he going to be able to adapt to keep winning? You know, it's a good question because if you think about it in terms of history, like when Nebraska was doing things the same way and winning and then the game changed and then now look where they are. Nobody they, wants to go to Lincoln, Nebraska when you can party in Southern California or Miami. Well, they, they couldn't adapt to the changing landscape. No. And that's what Jason Siegel like, you know what? You can run your system, but like, hey, let's, you know, give it a little more liberty. Like, Yeah, let's magic, loosen it up a little bit. You didn't get magic or – you didn't. You don't have magic to not improvise and yeah. not, you know, put his flair and his personality onto the game. Yeah. You know, because they said like, he says in there like, I, you can plug anybody in, right? And that's like exactly. Yeah. So I mean, that's kind of. I mean, you know, that's the sports world. Yeah. Can you adapt? Look at. We're getting off onto a sports tangent just because of winning time, but look at. And I'm going to say, it, look at the Alabama like football team, dude. Yeah. How many different types of offenses have they had in the last 12 years since Nick Saban's been there? Yeah. And they've won six, like, championships yeah. out of those 12 years. Yeah. That's insane. Yeah. You adapt or die. Yeah. I mean, they've had somewhere, like, you know, I think it was, like, Trent Richardson. Yeah. They ran the ball a ton. And yeah. And then they have where they're throwing the ball a ton. Yeah. They've got, like, three Jalen Hurts. Yeah. Yeah. So, and then they can. Yeah. And then you got a wide receiver who won the fucking Heisman. Yeah. At Alabama, which is known to be a running school. Yeah. And... And then when Jalen Hurts got, was it hurt? And then they to a tagliola yep. of Ola, yep. you know, came in. in, yeah. And I mean, it's just like, but you have to constantly be changing and adapting. If you keep doing the same thing, people are going to catch on. Yep, you know, that's and right. That's what um, they eventually figure you out. I like you, but did you hear that, Dabo Sweeney? Yeah, adapt. <laughs> well, my Dabo. I like but, Dabo, but he's got to figure it out. Anyways, but yeah, and it. The whole crux of like the show when Westhead so far when he gets when Westhead gets fired, yeah, and basically, um, 
boss wants <laughs> Jerry West to be the coach. Oh my god, it's like, so fuck great. no. Yeah. Like, Hard fucking no. <laughs> dude, they make him look like the dumbest, meanest, like... Dude, I love that actor as Jerry as Yeah, Jerry it's Wett. great. It's Fuck a, no! Yeah. <laughs> and it ends up being bust. You know, they they find Riley and they're dragging him down. Um, Ambush Bill, the shit out of him. Bill and West, Bill and, and West are like dragging him down. They're doing a hey, we got a press conference and basically Buss's genius idea is to have uh, Jerry West as an offensive coach yeah. and Pat Riley as a defensive coach. Yeah, so you were saying, right, in terms of, like, history, yeah. how, like, cinematography and yeah. how things are shot, this is one thing that they didn't change, like, at all. They, and Mike and I watched the press conference today, yeah. and it was exactly the same, maybe a few words here or there, but it was the same yeah. as in the show. And Jerry West didn't know what basically was coming by bus. Pat Riley had no clue. and But it was so funny because Jerry West was like, uh... Yeah, I'm re- I'm working for Pat, right? Yeah, you know, like is that with or for? He's yeah. like it's with, but it's for, for. Yeah. yeah, and and then you know watching that press conference, and then I watched some interviews with Bus afterwards, and basically Bus was saying, "Well, I ultimately I told Jerry West that like he was in charge of the team, and then so it was up to him about coaching, and you can see." When you see the real uh, Jerry Buss talking to the reporter, and like his eyes are blinking, like he's so pissed off about what happened. <laughs> like you, you either find and watch the Reddit clip I sent you. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Did you watch the whole thing in there? No, no, no. So if you watch that, they they do the interview. They have a separate interview on the court with Jerry Buss about that. He's like, ultimately Jerry West is responsible, and um, you know I left it in 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 his hands. So I mean he's ultimately responsible, and if he chose Pat Riley as head coach. Uh, fully support him but it's like you could tell he is so pissed off at what transpired holy shit because he thought he had this genius idea of like all right he's gonna be the offensive offensive coordinator, coordinator <laughs> defensive coordinator like yeah dude that was insane yeah it yeah was, and this happened in real life he just like went out there and like winged it yeah. that's crazy but then that's funny when pat riley's like we're gonna wing it like in the first game yeah oh my god yeah <laughs> yeah and then he like pat riley like basically takes over but Jerry West is like the hype man. He's like, yeah, get fucking ready. Yeah, like he's talking. Yeah, he's like talking <laughs> mad shit in the tunnel, and like Pat Riley's just like, yeah, okay, like good, good stuff, yeah. Well, and then, then Pat he, Riley gets all. Yeah, so he gets like steamrolled, right? Like all the players are coming to him, and they're yeah. like, hey, like Magic's not keeping up, or yeah. you know, Cream's blah 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 blah. And he's like finally had enough, and everybody's like talking shit. And then like, yeah, they're like hanging out in the locker room, and he like almost puts his fist through that chalkboard. Yeah. And then he's, like, talking shit about, like, how, like, Cooper's a Paul hog or whatever. Yeah. And, oh, yeah, what do you got to cry about? You fucking suck, too. And, <laughs> and then, yeah, like, Magic is smiling. He's like, yeah, don't show me those fucking teeth. Like, this isn't funny. Like, yeah. you fucking suck, too. Yeah. And then he's like, yeah, this is what brings the team down is, like, we're, we're fighting with each other, right? But you got to be like this. And yeah. he's got, like, his cigarette in between yeah. his fingers. And he's just clenching his fist as hard as he can. That was, he, dude, he dialed it up. Oh, and he, then he starts slicking his hair back. Yeah, and wearing suit. The he gets he's like Armani. Armani, suits. yeah. I love like the the commentators like, oh, you know it's the Lakers when even the coach is leading man handsome. Yeah. <laughs> when this season we get like Jack Nichols, we get like, yeah, all yeah. the actors and actresses like in there, and um, it's I mean it's Adam McKay, right? Yeah, it's Showtime up. baby. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, and, and like the like the Forum Club. 
like after games, like Paul Westhead's walking in there, like big dick swinging it. Like that was hilarious. Yeah, he gets his head gets so big whenever so big. like, um, you know, when his system is working. Yeah, even though they're squeaking by teams. They yeah, should be. but yeah, the whole the one scene where he's in the forum club and he's dancing with girls and talking, and then he's like showing his wedding ring. Uh, like, oh, like, yeah, sorry, ladies. Yeah, sorry, ladies. Yeah. Like, Jason Siegel is. He's he was meant for that part. It was so good. Yeah, yeah. The and, casting has been unbelievable. Yeah, and Adrian Brody's meant uh, Pat Riley. At, uh, He's so good, dude. But I agree. Whatever he was wearing at the press conference was fucking and, like that brown sweater vest shit. Like so funny. The outfit is bad in the show, and the outfit in real life. In real is life, worse. it's worse. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, that was that's it's so funny how that actually I love when TV shows use the actual yeah. like dialogue yeah. that actually happened. That shit is amazing. When it's like that actually happened, yeah, go fucking watch it. Yeah, yeah, that's crazy. Um, Such a good show. It's so it. good. Adrian Brody is crushing it. I can't wait to see how it goes. But yeah, he's just turned into like the coach, right? Yeah. And the, I think he even told like Jerry. He didn't he tell Jerry West he was like it's my fucking team. Yeah. And then, like, when he was talking to uh, Jerry Buss, he was like, yeah, I want to be the coach. So, good stuff. It's such a – I can't wait to see the next episode. But um, Boston lost to Philadelphia. And then, like, Boston is, like – the crowd is chanting, like, beat L.A. Yeah. And they're all watching it on TV. And then they look up and they all look at – they, like, break the fourth wall. And they're looking at the camera. And they're like, yeah. fuck Boston. Yeah. So good. Yeah, that's how it ended, right? The yeah, yeah. Yeah, and so, I mean, I, I – you know, I went back today uh, – at, or last night they're watching saw who wins the championship so like i already know but yeah like, yeah yeah but it, it it will get it's so interesting to see how many finals pat riley went to I mean, crazy with the i think he went to one or two with the knicks and the heat yeah all the ones with the that's Lakers. right yeah he, and then he was in the front office for the heat like well he when the heat won with Dwayne Wade he was yeah the coach. that's right he was the coach that's yeah. right yeah and yeah. then he left after that and Eric Sapolster I think won yeah the, that's right that's next, right he went to the front office yeah but yeah it's um yeah he kind of gets overshadowed it's just it's early right in what we what I'll say we I what I know the Lakers as yeah. right because of Kobe and Phil Jackson yeah. like for me like Pat Riley, who the fuck was that guy? See, this like, was, Phil Jackson was the fucking shit. This was me growing up. Exactly. Up See? So yeah. Like, I grew up watching, it was Magic and Bird. Yeah. Like, I had a Magic Bird video game. Like, See? Yeah. And then it became, you know, in the 90s, in late 80s and 90s, Jordan when it became TV, Jordan and then Kobe. And, yeah. Now, I appreciate everybody for kicking in with us this week. And uh, tune in. Um, you know, we'll be talking more about Ahsoka and, and Only Murders in the Building. And, obviously, winning time as that goes along. Um, it just gets better and better. Um, but yeah, tune in. We'll have uh, Arrested Dev uh, Best of. Um, we're we're going to record that soon. Um, so tune in. Um, all the podcast platforms. I'm not going to spell them out. You know them. Check out the website, kickingthemedia.com. Chuck is throwing his review of Oppen- Barbenheimer up there. Um, and, uh, you know, check out our Instagram at Can We Kick It Pod. Uh, we, you know, we're trying to throw up new shows that we're watching, our list of, you know, shows that we're currently watching. Um, but yeah, show us, you know, show us to everybody that's uh, looking for a new podcast. Um, as uh, Cousin likes to always say, Mahalo.